Welcome to the Harrington Star FinTech Diversity, Equity and Inclusion Discussions. I want to showcase people across our industry who are advocates for change. I love to celebrate the wins, but we know there is so much more to be done to ensure that change actually happens to build a truly inclusive industry. In these diversity, equity and inclusion discussions, I have a number of series. The Humans of FinTech, The Talent Surgery, The Maternity and Paternity Stories, and the longest running of all, the Women of FinTech podcast series. I do lots of work to drive change campaigns across our industry to increase inclusion within the workplace. So please contact me to see how we can partner together. You can contact me through LinkedIn or on my email, nadia.edwards-dashti at harringtonstar.com. In the meantime, enjoy the show. Welcome to the Women of Fintech podcast series. We are here today to celebrate the wins, raise awareness of the challenges, and walk the talk for change across the entire industry. Today, we are joined by Erica Santos, Program Manager for TapTapSend. TapTapSend serves immigrant communities by helping them with their most important financial needs. First and foremost, the need to send money to friends and family back home. They work hard every day to give people something very simple, a reliable and honest service by relentlessly pursuing solutions to lower costs, reduce delays and increase convenience. Erica is an experienced program and project lead with four years in the fintech industry, working in agile and hybrid environments. She is here today to share her story and share some of the learns along the way. Erica, I am super excited about today and listening to your experience and listening to all your learns. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me, Nadia. Thank you. So before we go into more of your history and who you are, tell us about your role at TapTapSend and what it actually entails. So my role as an everyday program manager looks after different projects. And what that means is someone gives me a problem, says, Erica, we have this problem to solve. How do we fix it? And then I then go away, find the root cause and implement a solution. And that might mean negotiating commercials, um, working with our engineering team to produce something and then shipping it out to our customers. I'm also responsible for making sure we deliver projects on time and within the budget. So all those problems, I can imagine you get so many different ones across the course of your career that you have to solve. But it sounds really exciting. And what I'd like to hear more about is actually Tap Tap Send and what drew you to the business. Financial inclusion is something that's always been close to my heart. While I was living in the Philippines, my mom and dad were working abroad and remittances were such a big part of our family and you know, making sure the bills are paid or any hospital bills, for example, budget for the week. And it was difficult to send that on time, especially when there's emergencies and the costs are usually very high. And with Tap Tap Send, it allows people to send from Europe and Canada to African and Asian countries almost instantly. And it's also very low cost compared to traditional remittance services. And that really drew me to it. It's, you know, connecting not just the families and also the communities across borders. I love that I'm 
part of a solution. One of the things that we're working on aligned with the sustainable development goal is to bring cross-border remittance costs down by 2030. And it's, it's amazing to be part of that company. I think it's wonderful to hear that there is, there's so much more being spoken about financial inclusion at the moment. And it's wonderful that you are just so in line with the mission of this, with this wonderful business. Because I think the more that we hear about fintech, the more that we learn that, it, that actually there are many mission-led fintechs that are helping people's lives for the long run. And just how inspiring is that for you to be part of that every single day? Like what, what a great motivation, right? Yeah, I love it. I love that they, you know, bring finance and technology to make sure we disrupt the industry. Just because something has been there for a very long time doesn't mean it can't be improved. Mm, Absolutely. Now, so that takes me on to my next question. You studied gendered economics. Tell me how that's helped you in your career, especially with regards to self-promotion. This was such an important topic for me to understand and becoming aware of the issues and statistics women and mothers face really enabled me to think differently and for me this journey started with awareness so some of the statistics that really stuck with me is this is a very common one I'm sure everyone would have heard this men apply for a job when they meet only 60% of the qualifications but women apply only if they meet 100% of them and Men are more also likely to ask for promotions and be aggressive with it. And another one is that women tend to take a step back after they've they've given birth because of childcare and the expenses. It's, It's so expensive, especially in the UK, that for some mothers, they feel like, or some families, they feel like it's better for the mom to stay at home, look after the child. But one of my mentors had advised that actually in the long run it is much better for you to to go back even if you just break even initially because the gap the race is continuing to run even if you've taken the time off it it doesn't stop and that those to me those statistics really stuck with me it enabled me to make sure my to keep my confidence in check and make sure I'm taking the risk as much as a man would and also being aggressive with salary increases, it's stuck with me. So that you could see this in, in my history with my previous employer. I really tried to make sure I'm aware of the different gaps within the organization, looking for different opportunities to excel and upskill myself. And I think knowing the, those statistics and being aware of, of those different feelings that different women face put mine into perspective and made sure I acted differently and how important is that for us to be discussing it today I think that's really stand out especially for people who are feeling that right now thinking should I go and ask for promotion other people seem to be but I don't feel like I've got the confidence well actually we've just heard a little bit around why and and that we should we should really buck that trend the same with applications like you're absolutely right you know if a woman has 60% of the skill set let's apply anyway. Let's give, give that opportunity to ourselves. Let's not hold yeah. ourselves back. And I think what's really, really stand out because I've heard this conversation actually from friends. And I think it's really important that we, that we remind people what you said. Even if you break even initially, 
money-wise when you go back to work after having a child yeah. it's worth doing so that you don't you don't hold yourself back as the world is moving forward and that's that's down to everyone's personal choice some people will want yeah. to be coming back others won't but that's really stand out to me because there's been a number of people I've known who haven't wanted their career to drop but they felt they didn't have the choice because they would have broken even and, and therefore you know that the conversation is well what's the point um and there is a point, as you've just so so clearly said. So thank you so much for sharing that. I think that's absolutely brilliant. Yeah. Now, having said all of that, can you tell us a bit about your experience of going off on maternity and how that's affected your career? Yeah, it was it was difficult being a young mum. I think a lot of people around me had advised, Oh, it's it's definitely gonna be difficult for you being a single mum. It's it's definitely going to pause your career. Your career is over now. And if, if anyone out there is listening today, I'd like them to know that it, it is not over. You, you can push forward as long as you don't let it happen. You know, becoming pregnant, it was, it was very scary. When I announced it to my employer, I even said, I'm so sorry. And I had, I had the feeling that I had to reassure them by the way, I'm still going to perform. By the way, I'm still going to be here. I'm still going to meet, meet, meet my targets. And there's so much pressure to, you know, reassuring them rather than the other way around of them reassuring us that your job is safe. We still value you even though you're pregnant. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it was very difficult at that time. And I asked a lot of people and one of my mentors from uni had said, Erica, it will not stop your career. It would only stop it if you allow it. And that also stuck with me because it made me push harder. I'm not saying that as, as a mom and balancing work and life is, is going to be easy. Just because someone said, don't allow it, doesn't mean it's easy, right? But what it means is it's possible and it's going to be difficult, but at least it's possible. And that's, that's something that's, that's amazing. And it helped me with, with self-promotion and making sure I advanced my career and balancing both work and life. It's great to share this. It's great to have people listen to how you felt, what that, what that felt like to say, okay, I'm going to be going off on maternity leave soon, but my career is still really important to me and this is what I want. And I think whenever I have conversations like this with people, it's so important to remember that, everybody's different everybody's going to want something different but what we've got to really work hard on is ensuring that what you want you feel like you can ask uh, and that you will still be valued and included and I think it's great that you've, you've been able to share that so that takes me quite nicely on to I want to ask you about Elevate um so you've spoken to me about this before how is this campaign being proactive for driving inclusion because I think there's a lot to learn here also yeah Elevate is a very new committee within TapTap said it was started around two months ago by a woman an amazing woman called Alice Williams and she had asked volunteers for the committee and I put my hand up I said yes I'd love to be part of this and the reason for Elevate is to make sure we dedicate a group of people to the recruitment retention and advancement of women within TapTapSend and it is, like I said, it's very new. When we've, how our approach is going is we've asked a group or all the women within TapTapSend what topics they're facing at the moment. And one of the issues that came up top is the work-life balance and mental health. 
So we've run a couple of programs um, and talks around that and making sure we have not just inspirational talks, but practical solutions. For example, meditation is, is a huge one, especially around the pandemic. It's, I think a lot of us have struggled with being on lockdown, being away from everyone, having life change from what we know of it. It has become a, a priority for the committee to address. One of the other things that we about to launch is a mentorship program which allows uh, women to be partnered with a mentor and make sure that they're upskilling in the way that they want to. So we match them in terms of their preference. And also maybe they just want to know what different parts of the business are like or how different people are working. And I feel like it's really important to give the opportunity for women to get to know different parts of the business, but also to upskill where they, where they can or where they want to. Yeah. I just love the examples that you've given there. As I'm writing notes, I've written down mentoring and meditation, <laughs> which is, um, which I mean, there were two very different examples, but it's, it's great to hear that there are real tangible things that are happening. And, you know, I also wrote down, it's not just about inspirational talks, but practical solutions. I think everyone needs to recognize and remember this because when it does come to driving inclusion um, and authentic inclusion at that, there is a separation between the wonderful idea of it and actually turning it into reality. And I think you capture that really well. It's not just about inspiring talks, which are great for the moment that you're in them, but it's about what do we implement afterwards. Now you touched upon there about the work-life balance. I know that's incredibly important to you because you're a successful career woman. You've already mentioned you're a single mum as well. There's a hell of a lot of challenge that comes with you being both of these. So I'd like to hear a bit more about what that means to you. If I'm completely honest, I was prepared with all the statistics from studying gender economics as one of my modules, but I wasn't prepared to the emotional side of it. So a lot of people talk about work-life balance, but it's so difficult. No matter what you do, it is never going to be a balance. At one point in your life, it might be more work-focused because there's deadlines to be met. But at another point, it would be more life-focused because, for example, a child is sick and in that week you, you, you barely worked or maybe that month you barely worked. And I found myself throughout my journey as a mom in the last three years that it's so difficult to have that balance and I put so much pressure on myself in achieving that balance and in the end I realized you know what it's not worth it it's it's better to accept the fact that one month maybe it will steer another way more than the other and then another month will be different and and that's okay more than the pressure of oh it definitely has to be 50 50 because it's it's never going to happen, or at least in my case, as a program manager, it's, it's not possible. And having a toddler is also not possible to balance all of that equally. I think there's a certain sense of serenity and calm when you say that, which is brilliant to hear, because the amount, as you say, of emotion and stress that's involved in talking about the realities of a work-life balance you actually get more done on both sides when you just accept that it, it may not be what you originally wanted it to be or originally planned. And I think that's brilliant the way that you've explained that. Yeah. So, 
So my, my last question is actually asking for your advice. I think you've shared so much with us. I love what you said about what you learned from gendered economics and how that mm. actually you can learn so much, but your reality will be slightly different. But when you look out to the fintech workplace and you think about what, what we're trying to do as an industry in terms of challenging the status quo, what you're doing is a mission in terms of financial inclusion. When we actually look at workplace inclusion, what do you think we should all be doing more of? I think in the fintech space specifically, because most of them are startups, the policies and research for inclusion aren't in place. And simply because the teams are small and it never gets prioritized. And if it does get prioritized, the people in the room are the senior leadership members who might not have experienced the same issues as people of color or as a mom. And because of that, the policies that are being implemented might be more of a copy paste or a solution that doesn't really improve the lives of people or have the desired effect. I would love for women and people of color to be part of the conversation and for businesses to stop treating the policies as just a tick box to say, okay, actually we are inclusive because we have this policy. Women and people of color should be part of that conversation and really say what their experiences are, their struggles are, so that we can have a more effective solution. I absolutely love that. And I think that's a wonderful way to draw this podcast to a close. You've been just so wonderfully your authentic self throughout this. It's, this has been such a standout conversation that I really want, I really want people to be listening to because I think, you know, you talk about being a single mom, you talk about all the work that you're doing to help with inclusion, whether that be financial inclusion or workplace inclusion, plus you're uber successful and growing upon your career. And you've done that by being vocal about what it is that you want. And I think self-promotion was such a huge part of this, this podcast because it's not necessarily linked with women in business because it's often seen as 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 crass or oh I wouldn't I wouldn't want to do that when actually it's about leveling the playing field and I think you've done that so brilliantly today and left us with real things that we can all go and implement which is the greatest part of it so um Erica thank you for being you and bringing yourself to the Women of Fintech podcast series I've absolutely loved the conversation thank you Nadia thank you <laughs>